If you have your Bibles, open with me to the book of Psalms, the 84th chapter. Psalms chapter 84. And I'm going to begin with verse 1. Read down uh, to verse number 7. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. How many of you feel that way or have felt that way before? My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth. For the courts of the Lord. This is the anticipation of people who are on their way to worship. These are the thoughts that they're thinking. This is what's going through their mind as they make their way to the temple, to the house of God, to Jerusalem. How amiable, how pleasant, how gracious, how inviting, how friendly is your sanctuary. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. Or one translator said, in whose heart is the way to Jerusalem. Blessed is the man that knows where to go, not only in time of trouble, but in all of the things of life. And then verse number 6. Who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. What a marvelous word that is found here in our text tonight. It begins with great anticipation, but it is not enjoyed without some endurance and pain. Let me talk to you for a little while tonight about making a change in your valley. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This morning when I got to the church, I was sitting going over some notes and things that I'd written over the last few days, and I thought, you know what? This is not a very smart guy right here. (laughs) And once that I go through my notes and my scribblings, and I think, God, you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to make something out of this nothing. I have always wanted to be a good preacher, but I've not been one of those. 
Uh, I don't say that facetiously. I say that sincerely. There are some great preachers in our time. But one thing I have decided in my life and I've tried to live by, and that is if I can arm somebody or I can equip someone or if I can help someone make it through another day, then I feel like I have fulfilled my calling and my part of my calling and part of my responsibility as a preacher. I'm not here to impress you. But I do want to leave you with a message, and I do want to give you something from the Word of God. The journey of life that we are on is, as you well know, uh, a very difficult one. It is not without its ups and downs, and it is not without a great deal of change. You and I cannot always choose or change the road that we travel down. Some roads that we travel, we choose, but most of life we travel a path that has already been uh, set before us. And so life as we know it is full of changes. And it is not without its valleys. The valley can certainly be a terrible place, It can be a place of loneliness. It can be a place of darkness or depression. It can be a place of desolation. The verse that we have read from tonight gathers its beauty from the circumstances surrounding it. It begins with great anticipation. I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to worship I'm going to enjoy the presence of God. But before he can ever get there, he has to go through a valley. Our text highlights a place in the passage of the traveler that he has to go through. And it is an ominous place, to say the least. When I did some research, I discovered that no... A scholar that I could find could really come up with the exact location of this particular reference, this valley that the psalmist is writing about. And so when I find something like that in Scripture, it seems to me that God is trying to say it can be anywhere. It's any valley. It's any place that you go through that is difficult to understand. And so it is part of the journey, and it is called the Valley of Baca, or one translation said the Valley of Tears. Another translator called it the Valley of Misery. What a name and what a place. It wasn't Miami Beach. It wasn't Maui. It was a miserable place. Most historians agree that whatever it was, wherever it was, its surroundings made it bleak and desolate and very undesirable. But it was necessary. Everybody say necessary. 
it was necessary that if a man was going to go worship, he was going to have to trudge through a place like this. And in such a place, certainly one needs a faith or a truth or a grace that will help you in that present moment, right where you are. And tonight, I hope that I can give you just such a word and a faith. What I have learned in life is that the determining factor of life is not in its valleys, but in the traveler who passes through that valley. It's not in the circumstances of my life, but it's in my life. What happens and what comes out of all that I go through is housed inside of me. I thought it interesting that in the book of Genesis, when it is giving the record of the beginning, the Bible says that there was a time when all of the things that God had created were brought before Adam. And the Lord God said in chapter 2 and verse 18, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam. And I want you to notice, if you put it up on the screen, the Bible said God brought them before Adam to see what he would call them. God made it. God provided it. God put the power behind making it come into existence. But when when it came to naming it, God said, I'm going to let you name it. So for Adam, life in a great sense became what he called it. And I'm not speaking out of turn. I'm certainly not trying to speak some uh, uh, mystery of life. But I have discovered that there are many things in life that God gives me the prerogative of calling it what it's going to be. And it can be a good or a bad thing depending on my frame of mind, and my frame of reference. And so tonight, I want to come to you with an understanding that it's not in your circumstances. It's not in the valley, though God gave you that valley, and he made that valley what you call that valley, and what you make of that valley is going to be up to you. Amen. Man can be used by things or he can use things. Man can be ruled or he can rule. If we are not careful, we can be reduced to the power of things and things and circumstances and location can decide our our destiny. And so I see in our text 
a, a spiritual lesson that what you discern in such settings as a valley, a valley of tears, a valley of misery, a place of pain or suffering, what you discern in that setting will define what you make of it. Now, I I don't know where discovery comes from other than from discernment. I don't know what made Benjamin Franklin realize that there was some kind of power in electricity, but his discerning ability, his his perception of life made him look beyond just that jagged thing there and say, there's something in that. If that could be harnessed, if we could discover the secret, it would open up windows and opportunities. And so it has been in many things in life. I, I'm not one to uh, understand a, a lot of the mechanics of, of, of uh, some things in life, but Somebody had to be in a situation where discernment came to their life and they said, you know what? We can take lemon and we can make lemonade. We we can take this pain and make it work for our good. We can take this disappointment and make it come of good in our life. And so what you discern in such a setting as this valley of tears will determine what you make of it. And somehow tonight, I I wish that I had the ability to put in your hands a spiritual, uh, what what do they call them, Uh, a divining rod. Some of you don't believe in that, but I've watched it work. I was, we, we were trying to find where some water lines were out here a while back so we could decide how to go about connecting our water. And, and this guy come out with a thing. He said, oh, that's all right, I can find it. I said, how are you? We don't have a shovel. He said, oh. And he took this rod and he just held it loosely in his hand. And that thing... I, <laughs> When he got over that water line, and I thought, that really does work. I said, do that again. And he laughed at me. And he, he, he turned it, and sure enough, as soon as it got over the water line, it went down. Now, you can believe in that or not. I saw it with my own eyes. But there's that, there, there, there's something to having a divine uh, discerning rod that when you get in a place that your antenna goes up and said okay uh, 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 hold on here Let, let's slow down there's something here that I, I need to I need to learn I need to discover and, and that through that spiritual divining rod or that spiritual discernment something was was revealed to them that we can make this place pay. (laughs) Amen. And so there was discernment. 
I pray that God would give us discernment so that we could understand some of the things that we're going through. A lot of it doesn't make sense. And my education doesn't go high enough. And I've looked as many books as I can, and even the books can't give me the answer. There's just some things in life, there's, a, there's, some, there's some valleys of tears and there's some valleys of misery that we pass through that there's no explanation for. But what I do find is that this man or these men or this company of people that were on their way to worship and they had to pass through this valley... Instead of somebody just hoping we can get through this and praying we can hurry on and get on to our destination. When they got in that setting, they said, oh, hold on a second. We need to to make some changes in this valley. We need to do something while we're here to make it worth the journey. Don't waste your sorrows, folks. Don't waste your tears. A mind may be a terrible thing to waste, but I'm going to tell you your tears are far more worthy to be lost than than just a mind. Don't let the things that you're going through get lost in all the shuffle and the confusion of what's happening. You need to stop long enough and say, you know what? If God designed my life, So that in order to get me to my destiny, which is Jerusalem, I've got to go through this valley. Then there must be a reason. And I need to find out what's hidden here that God wants to use to help sustain me while I'm on my way to my destiny. And so there was this discernment. Somebody realized that, you know what, this place doesn't look like it has much potential, but something in me tells me that there's, there's possibility here. And so they took that discernment and they made some decisions. Discernment led to decisions. We're going to, we're going to make this a well. We're going to make this pay. We're going to make this work. Now, I'm not talking about forcing God's hand. I'm just talking about discerning what is in your valley, the the potential and the resources and all of the hidden treasures that God has put in that location that can be yours if you just stop long enough to think, that there's got to be a reason God's brought me through, through this. And there's got to be something here that I can take out of here. One of the things that my dad always would say to me when we were growing up in life is, Son, what have you learned? Because he knew that if I didn't learn something from that, I was going to have to go back and repeat that. And he was trying to help me grow up and mature and say, you know what? You can keep beating yourself. Uh, you, you can keep beating your head against the wall. You can keep hammering your finger if you want to. But somewhere in life, you've got to stop and wake up and learn something about what's going on and say, you know what? This has got to change. 
It's not going to be just a place of tears and misery. I'm going to make it a well. So you decide, and what you decide will determine what you discover. Pretty simple, isn't it? Discern, decide, discover. And so these men or women and whoever that were passing through, they have come to a realization. Something had got a hold of them. They could gripe about it if they wanted to. They could complain if they wanted to. They could bemoan their situation if they wanted to. And to such a person like that, a valley is a dry, hard, miserable place. But to a man or a woman who has discernment, and to a man and a woman who makes the right decisions, the discovery that you will make in your valley of tears will be worth everything to your life. So what I want to preach to you about tonight is not just an attitude that knows that someday it will get better. That if you just grit your teeth and wait long enough, it's going to change. It's like the stock market. It goes up and it comes down. It's like the sun. It rises and it sets. I'm not here tonight to preach about an idea that if you just grit your teeth and bear it, It will come to an end or that misery will pass. That if you walk on through the sorrow and the tears and the misery, that somewhere down the road you're going to come out of it and you'll quit crying and you'll quit hurting. That's not what I'm come, that's not what I've come to preach about tonight. What I want to preach about is having a little bit of heaven right here in your hell. Oh, yes. I'm talking about right in the midst of the tears and the misery that you can break out in song and rejoice in the God who is your maker. That right in the midst of all of the aching of the heart and the wringing of the hand and the wondering of the mind, that you can lift your voice and begin to praise the Lord who gives and the Lord who takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord that in the midst of your hellish situation, you can enjoy a little bit of heaven. Amen. In the midst of misery that there would come music to the soul. I'm not preaching about resignation. I'm not preaching about just accepting the fact that this is the way it is and you just have to smile and go on and, you know, it's, it's going to get better by and by. What I'm preaching about is transformation. Say that word with me. Transformation. Not confirmation. Not resignation, but transformation. I want something to happen in my life in this valley that is so radical that it will transform this place from being a dry place to a place with pools of water. I want it to be a place that when people look at it, they scratch their head, they say, I don't know how in the world he could be so happy in such a place like that, but that's the happiest man, that's the happiest woman I've ever seen. 
I'm talking about the kind of experience that when people look at you, they're wondering, how can you keep going to church? How can you keep trusting God when everything that you said and everything that you believed has come up in your face and blown up in your face? And here you are again on a Wednesday night listening to some preacher preach to you about some word that's ancient. And you're trying to tell me that I can make it. I'm here to tell you, you can do more than make it. You can make it right where you are. You can make it in the hell that you're living in right now. You can make it with everything that the devil can bring against you to come against you. Amen. (laughs) What I want to preach to you about is better than sitting in the darkness and hoping for a light. (laughs) Amen. A peace that can be found right now. A, A settled feeling that is not looking to some future date, some point in time when I, we get there, it's going to be settled. You can settle it tonight. Let the date come, but you can settle it tonight. You can decide right now. You can name it what you want it to be. Amen. Others can call it whatever they want to call it, but you can call it a well, a spring, a place of refreshment. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it. You know what I want people to say about life and about me? And I'm not, I don't mean this in a bragging way, but I want when people come through here and they come through certain places, I want them to say, Mark's been here. How do you know Mark's been here? Because he's left behind a reminder. Look at that well that he dug. Look at, look at what he's provided for the rest of us coming. You know what? I don't want to make my journey through life a waste of time. I don't want to go through life whining and crying and begging and going through all the commotions. Somewhere in life, I want to stop and realize that I have an opportunity to call something by a different name. Everybody else may call it hell, but you know what? I'm finding heaven on earth right here in the midst of my troubles. I'm finding God in the midst of my misery. I'm finding peace in the midst of a storm. Amen. Amen. Divine resources, enough to sustain you and everyone that comes along behind you. God fathered it, but you've got to find it. And you find it in your valley. I haven't come to preach to you tonight about a compensation. That if you'll just keep going, if you will just keep saying, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to get better. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'm not here to preach to you about what's coming. I'm here to preach to you about what is. Amen. Keep your chin up. Oh, that's a good word. I hate when people, when I'm going through hard times, I hate for people coming to me and say, well, you know, just smile anyway. That's the last thing I want anybody to tell me. You know, just stick it out. It'll get better. I need somebody to come along and tell me what I can do, what I can find, what I can discover right where I'm at. I need help right now. I don't need help tomorrow. I need something that will pick my heart up tonight and make me get up and say, you know what? 
I am on my way to Jerusalem. Amen. And so I'm preaching about transformation. Making the desert bloom like the rose. What I found when I studied this scripture is that these people were going somewhere. Amen. They had a purpose. They had a plan. They were not just drifting through life. They were on their way somewhere. That's what's wrong with a lot of folks today. They don't have any idea where they're going. But I'm going somewhere, folks. Amen. I'm not an accident. I'm not a problem. I'm not here by accident. I am here by divine appointment. Amen. Say that with me. I am here by divine appointment. Say this with me. My steps are ordered of the Lord. I will walk in those steps. I refuse to walk aimlessly and I refuse to live aimlessly. These men and women were on their way somewhere. But I note that they were only passing through this place, not settling down in it. Say it with me. This is just something that I'm going through. Amen. I am going through. It was a passage. It's not my destination. Say that with me. It's a passage. It's not my destination. It's part of my journey. Amen. It's part of my journey. And every man's journey will have its own set of problems. Amen. It had to be to get where I need to go. Amen. It had to be. The Bible says in the New Testament that they went out from us because they were not of us. You know what I, I used to, as, and, and I don't want to be misunderstood, but there was time in my life, in my ministry, that I tried to hold on to every person that came to our church. I didn't want anybody to leave. And when people would leave, man, it would just kill me. I mean, it would just crack me. I would go through depression. I remember one night... I was so depressed I got out and I just walked out through our neighborhood. I have no idea who heard me. I don't really care who heard me. And I was having me a conversation with God. I was saying, God, I don't even know how this could make any sense. There's no rhyme or reason for this. Whining and bellyaching until God gave me a revelation that if they left you, they have no part in your destiny. So get over it. God's going to keep with you what you need to get you through. But if they left you, they're not part of your destiny. And instead of sitting around and crying about that, why don't you look around at what you still have and say, okay, God, I don't like it. I don't feel comfortable here. This is not how I saw it. This is not what I envisioned. But God, if this is how it's going to be, come on, let's go. I'm ready to go to Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. Everybody say it's a passage. It it had to come to pass. Here was progress in spite of problems. And here was a man who learned. More than that, and this is what the Lord really impressed upon my heart today. That it is to be noted that life 
is not what you find in it. Life is what you make of it. Because what we find in life is not always pleasant. What we find about life is not always enjoyable. But you need to take careful note that it does not say, I love what God doesn't say. He did not say they found wells in that valley. But they made wells in that valley. Life is not what you find. You don't always find life to be what you want it to be, but you can make it what you desire it to be. Amen. Too many people are sitting around waiting for something to happen instead of making it happen. Amen. I'm not waiting on somebody to make me happy. I'm happy tonight. Amen. All in God, I'm happy. I'm not waiting for somebody to give me a big check, make me smile all the way to the bank, although if you want to do that, that would help me. But if you never give that check, I'm still going to smile. Amen. Somebody said, well, if somebody would just approve of me and they would just... You know, if they would just give me some affirmation, I would feel a whole lot better. You know what? I've lived long enough to know that not everybody's going to affirm me and not everybody's going to slap me on the back and say, Oh, brother, you just going to get better. Don't cry, little baby. We'll go poke salad hunting. You don't know what poke salad is, do you? You're not poor enough to know what poke salad is. My father-in-law knows what poke salad is. Not because he was poor enough, but... He's old enough to know what poke salad. You know what it was? That was a poor man's greens. It was a poor man's turnip greens, so to speak. And my, my mother, that was one of her little sayings when Teddy was a little boy and he would get all out of shape. Mama would say to him, don't cry, little baby. We'll go poke salad hunting. That was supposed to cheer him up. I don't know. But I'm just here to tell you. I'm not waiting on something to cheer me up. The Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. My help comes from the Lord. Now, it doesn't hurt for you to say something good about me every once in a while. But if you don't ever say anything good about me, God's already said enough that it makes all the silence of other people seem as nothing because God said, I'm for you. I'm not against you. You're my child. I, I, I purchased you. You mean so much to me that I would go all the way to Calvary and suffer the unimaginable agony of a cross just to tell you how much I love you. Folks, if that's not enough to inspire you to want to live for God, I don't know what can. Amen. He loves you. He wants you to make it. And he's made you to make it. But life is not what you find it to be. It's what you make it to be. Amen. What a revelation. I want to tell somebody tonight that you don't have to come out of this thing.
thing you're going through right now, half dead, angry, and bitter, dry, you can come out rejoicing. The Bible says that they went from strength to strength. What a way to live, going up. Amen. I'm going up. I'm getting better. Praise God. Things are not just to be endured. They are not just to be got through. I want to cultivate a vision in the valley to see what's there. A great discovery. Cultivate a faith and a disposition of life that is an instrument of vision that helps me to see that God has his hand on me and there's something God's trying to bring to my life that I cannot find anywhere else but in the valley. It's hard to have vision in the valley. I understand that. But of all places, that's where you need it the most. Folks, listen to me. Anyone can look out from a mountaintop and see what's out there. But it takes a man of real vision or a woman of real vision who's down in the dark valley to see that there's a mountain ahead and beyond that there are more to climb. If there's any place that you need vision, it's while you're in your misery and amid your tears. And if you will let God, God will help you and instruct you and teach you to name it. Amen. It's hard sometimes to understand all of the changes of life. But don't waste your sorrows. Don't waste your tears. Don't waste your misery. Make it pay. Amen. Make it pay. Even if it's the devil's doing, make the devil pay. Amen. They tied him to that post and they pulled that cat of nine tails out and they thought, we're going to end this once and for all. We're going to put a stop to this heretic, this man who has torn our city up and our religious culture. He has torn it to shreds. We're going to put an end to this Jesus. And so they draw back. If they had only known to stop right there, Don't ever let it fall. Because the first latch and the first trickle of blood, boom, there was an enemy, there was a weapon that God provided you that the enemy could never destroy, and that was his blood. And every time they hit him, a little more blood came. I don't know how much blood is enough, but I know this. He shed enough blood at Calvary to cover all my sins, all my failures, all my miseries, all my hurts to bring deliverance to my life. God provided me with enough there. And think about it. It came out of the hatred of somebody else trying to destroy him. And all it did was create him to be what he is now the exalted King of kings and Lord of lords. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah! Oh, yeah, you can make it pay. You can make it work for you. You can make it something better than what it appears to be. You can make it know the joyful sound. Amen. Let's stand together. The most important part of all is that you've got to keep going. Don't stop. And don't quit here. But even while you're here, everybody say, while I'm here, I'm going to make the desert bloom like the rose.